Um, but it's fine. Did yours the travel from Mandalorian? Uh, no. It looks like he doesn't speak, and I'm about that. Silent protagonist in a TV series? I don't that, that I mean, He doesn't have saying. a word in the trailer as good as, unless there's like. Someone comes in and goes, no disintegration. Yeah, they just say it to him all the time. Once to make <laughs> There's one bit, it's like, if you get interviewed on Conan, and he's just sitting there speechless, and then one person in the crowd just stares up and goes, no disintegration, and everyone just goes, ha! And everyone kisses themselves laughing, and they win the war, just like old Cameron. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, Cameron got the best song of the year. Mm-hmm. Why? From MTV Music Awards. Well, that's Isn't dumb. Isn't that like VMA? That's not how you spell MTV. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just MTV Video Music Awards. Yeah. Yeah. No, Cameron won song of the year, like, today. That's really that. dumb. I hate everybody. Dark times, ladies and future boys. Everyone sucks and I hate you all. Um, and the video <laughs> of the year was that second Taylor Swift song, the one where her and Katy Perry are friends in the film club. Yeah, oh. it. And it, it seems very clear that that song is kind of like a fuck you to homophobic people. But I read a thing the other day that's like, no, it's actually about, um, like, critics and stuff and people being mean to you about your music and I thought That's there's some parts of the song that seem pretty certain it's about homophobic people right <laughs> alright ladies and future boys I welcome you to another episode of the School Boy with Nerds the only podcast that vividly remembers putting its bare ass on the old TV screen during that part of every episode of Bear in the Big Boy House in which he would smell the viewer and say nice things I Ooh, don't understand tushy. why we have to put the tush against the glass. Because <laughs> it won't be a buy. We were, we were like, if the TV was off, could you see the cheeks? I don't know. I Speaking of this, when did they want that? TV, did you watch Bear in the Big Boy House? You bet your ass I did. At the start, I went to the show the at Disneyland. Fuck you. Say, what? <laughs> I went for the show at Disneyland. After the start, he would sniff the screen and say, like, oh, you smell really good today. And oh, we're, yeah. And we're like, mm, what's that smell? And we're like, yeah, well, my ass. And we squish our butts with no pants on. <laughs> we lived a different Time. childhood. Different oh, times, different lives. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, the other day, we were at the gym. Yeah. And, I did one and you squats. wonder why I'm tired when I get home. Because you deal with this bit more. <laughs> yeah. I did one squatting. Okay. And then I had to have the day off. I had to <laughs> ring work and call in thick. <laughs> <You're my laughs> and I know that that's false because when I drove past your work at 3.30 this afternoon, your car was still in the I car park, sir. I was because life is agony. His boss was like, you disturbed because you're down with the thickness. Oh, oh no! My name is Toad Apollo. Oh, no, that just made me think of that. Um, album cover where she's like, and I'm going to squat. Yeah, but it has the head of the disturbed mascot. Oh, <laughs> the guy, whatever it's called. Seven good men. No, you're not. About a month ago, I began to read The Mask on the Bus. Um, volume 1 was great. Volume 2 had half of a green October and proceeded to be absolutely shit fuck all for the remainder of the book. Um, anyway, the point is, I was stunned by how far from the source material the Jim Carrey movie was, but it got me thinking about all those old abstract comic book movies. Um, we had a quick discussion about it in episode like two or three ago. Oh. Um, but today is the topic. Um, today we're covering our favourite non-DC, non-Marvel comic book movies. Uh, joining me for another school boy this episode, uh, she's the girl who rhymes with leg. It's Meg. <laughs> I don't think Meg was prepared for that. Who else could it have been? <laughs> it's the girl that rhymes with me- leg. Oh, you fucking... <laughs> Yeah, we're also joined by Kai Stena, producer and White Collar. Um, Hi, ladles. 
Yep. Before we burn down Camp Chippewa, I ask you, the listener, if you enjoy the podcast, let us know by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. It affects the iTunes thing image so people can find us better. And that's good. All right, I've introduced us to the show and made you to support it. All my bosses and tips, you want to go first. I did a comic. Right. That became a movie. <laughs> and I watched it. Okay. So my my story is an Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill comic, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I thought you were about to say gentlemen. Yes. Yeah, I was like, whoa, there's a comic about dentists that are in a league. Like a Justice it's League like a, of Dentists? No, it's a league as in like a sporting competition. Oh, like and you have to dentist the best. Oh, shit. While still maintaining like a good public service. Yeah. Wow. So you're a fan of this movie, huh? I, I am a fan, fan of this, of this dental. movie. Yeah. I have watched it many a moons. Kyle likes dental. Um... <laughs> I actually was in a dentist clinic today. Were you? I was. Was it okay? I didn't talk to anyone. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just used all the broken and left. <laughs> My friend had a dentist appointment and she looked like she goes, like, you know how you put your tongue to your cheek? She looked like, like that. You pretend cool. to be sucking um, Yeah, she looked like that. And I was like, oh, oh no. Oh, so the 2003 steampunk diesel punk superhero film was loosely based on the first volume of the comic book series of the same name. For those playing at home, that's The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yep. Uh, it came out July 11th, 2003, and is basically a crossover of themes set in the late 19th century. It's the Justice League of royalty free book characters, is it not? The Justice League of the Dentals. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so it's set in kind of Victorian era-ish. Um, and you have Alan Quatermain, Captain Nemo, Mina Harker, um, Brody Skinner, Dorian Gray, Tom Sawyer, um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I remember them the Phantom, also known as Moriarty, in case you're, you know, more into Sherlock Holmes. Um, Dante, Sanderson Reed, um, Nigel, and Ishmael, which, if you know classic literature, those names should kind of sound somewhat. Yeah. Ishmael? Mm. Oh. As in the guy that kills the whale. Fair enough. Yeah. No. Do you guys? Sorry. Pinocchio. Yeah. Sure. Do you guys know what an idiom is? An idiot? Yeah. An idiom. It's an English language feature in which. Ain't my circus, ain't my monkey. That one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Sorry, I like that one. Basically, the movie is that someone has stolen Leonardo da Vinci's blueprints for Venice, oh. and they're going to blow up the foundation so that Venice sinks into the sea. Oh, no. Um, and all these characters have to try and stop that from happening and work out what the hell happened. And How does Tom Sawyer come into that? Uh, he is, like, they get together a little band of people, that would be able to complete the mission. And Tom Sawyer's like the plucky little rifle toting. Oh, yeah. Fresh off the boat, but he goes on a submarine. Ah. Dude. Yeah. Um, And he's like, Quarterman, I've heard so much about you. You're like this amazing thing. And he's like, yes, and you are a boy. Sit down. Oh, no. And he's like, teach me to shoot. And he's like, Sure, shoot at this thing in the water that's a million miles away. And Tom closes one of his eyes and he's like, you're a moron. If you're going to shoot, you shoot with both eyes. No, no. And and he's like, but that's not how you... And it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, I Like I said, I have watched this film many, many moons. 
Uh, it was pretty successful. It was made for $78 million, mm-hmm. and at the box office, it brought in $179.3 million. That's surprising. I didn't think a lot of people liked this one. I didn't know it was a success. Is this the thing where the invisible guy gets right? Yeah, pretty much. What? What? The invisible man gets raped in the book. Translucent. In the book. He doesn't get raped in the thing. Is he alone in an invisible man? Well, he's a man, so no. Um, It came out around the same time as the Black Pearl. So Black Hole was number one, and this was number two. And to be honest, I probably like this more than Black Hole. But I think that's because I like, you know, classic literature. I'm sorry. I probably would Did you hear about the extended universe where it starts to, like, stop being copyrighted things, and there's clearly a Harry Potter who lost his mind after defeating Voldemort and becoming a cult leader? Yeah, I've and heard about right. it. Because it's still, technically the comic is still being written today. Yeah, it's an ongoing thing. Um, it was originally written by ABC Wildstorm, and currently it's with Top Shelf and Knockabout Comics. Mm-hmm. So it's been around since 1999. I thought it was one of those books that was quietly shuffled into a, like a Vertigo or something, but there you go. ABC Wildstorm sounded like a shitty video game. Maybe see. Like a computer educational game. No, like um, Sorry, what was it called? The League of Extraordinary. ABC. The publisher. ABC and Wildstorm. So the America's Best Comics. (laughs) Yeah, and Wildstorm Productions. Um, I didn't know it was made by DC. It yeah, is, Superman, technically. Superman's been fucking a mermaid. There it is, everybody. You heard it first. Exclusive. Exclusive. It's the last week, week or so. Yeah, it was a nice issue. Um, do, you pre- do you prefer the movie or the book? Um, probably the movie. The book gets a little... Like, yeah, it does. It starts to lose track of itself after a while. They tried really hard to, like use characters that were well known and then like make it into something that they could craft themselves yeah. like as it gets further through they, the they thing it becomes like ended it as a one and done kind of thing but that's like, the thing as it goes further through the thing it goes into being those characters children or being those characters like associate yeah, that was never in anything else so like they had these really strong characters that everyone kind of went oh yeah I know you know who Captain Nemo like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde I know those names and it was able to give them a good twist and then it was like but did you know that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde had a boyfriend mm-hmm. that so nobody knew about just against his will Jekyll and Hyde are dating that would be that so would make hard. It would be like the longest distance relationship. The longest distance. The Jekyll and Hyde story. Okay. Trace turn. Um, which one of my The second one. The second one. Okay. Um, I picked Spawn. Um, it, like the comics, Spawn. Um, started in May 1992 by Image mm-hmm. and it was um, Todd McFarlane like after he left Marvel. Yeah. Um, but the movie came out in 1997, so it's not that long for this thing to exist before people like, yeah, make a movie out mm-hmm. of it. Um, it was directed by Mark. A Z Dippy, Mark A Z Dippy. That's still the really guy. Dippy. Um, that could be all the guys' last name. Dippy um, he also worked on Frank oh. Fish and Garfield Gets Real, Garfield Pitfalls, what? <laughs> what? Gussie Frog, Michael Jackson's Halloween. That's what I was singing before. He seems to just do Garfield straight to DVD movies. That's weird that he did Spawn. Mm-hmm. He hadn't really done much before this. 
Um, the movie did not feel bad, money-wise, but watching it you would have never guessed, because it's not that great at all. It's, it's a 90s comic book movie. They all look like Hank Girl. Yeah, that's just life. If you're not in a bitch mood, you can watch it and find it enjoyable anyway. Like, if you already have read it or even watched the animated series that I thought was good, the movie's kind of good in that sense of it's kind of accurate, but just not like great. Yeah. Um, like, you with every Batman movie. I can't wait for the good one. Um, what a surprise. Spawned played by Michael J. White. And everyone at the table will know as Black Dynamite. 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 But Trey, Arsenal does to the community. It's always a race. I drew we're him. All, we're all selling drugs to the Toby. community, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Toby has him in a comic right. as an ad. Mm. And it, that's exactly what he says. And he's got his really nice pink hat on. Um, everyone's favourite rapey sounding violator. violator is played by John. What's this guy? Michael Zama. I'm the worst with names. Um, he's in a few movies. I reckon he's in stuff. Probably the most popular stuff is John Wick 1 and 2. Well, I imagine people really like John Wick. I almost called him John Wayne. Um, John McFarlane plays a homeless person. That's one of my favourites. Um, there's like not that many famous people in it, yeah, because it's pretty average. But it's obviously a, like a quiet, weird offshoot movie. Um, yeah, and from memory, it is fairly accurate, but I think it was kind of like too new to be its own thing. Like, I think it's the timeline is a bit wrong, but it is still close enough. Yeah. But yeah, like you could still like it if you liked the other thing. Um but yeah, like we we're saying before it's one of those crap nineties superhero movies, but I think this is one of the better ones because it's one that didn't get as much attention in current times. Like people still talk about the Batman movies from back then. Yeah. And those like much more popular ones and people never seem to talk about this. There's something very refreshing to go back and watch about those early nineties superhero movies. Like I just watched Unbreakable, I think it was called. And I was like, it's we've we've had the last decade of Marvel movies. Everything Unbreakable the one with Cinema Channel on So you just watched that I watched Bruce Will us be cheap Superman? Yeah, right so now. you watch the fucking prequel to that shitty, terrible split movie. Yeah. The point is, it wasn't the same formulaic, quippy shit that we've had for the last 10 years. And it's like, oh, this is a different thing I'm looking at. That's pretty cool. Um, I feel like a lot of the picks we've chosen today will reflect that. Um, Going to show each of you two photos of the Spawn movie, <coughs> and everyone's the same, separate ones, but okay. everyone's going to see, and you're going to tell me what you think. This is the first one. Okay, he's a Power Rangers villain. Okay, that's without good. a doubt. His cape is a PlayStation Two. Okay. What do you think of this fun photo? He looks like his. Muscles are on the outside, but he's black. He's Fortnite? Yeah. Yeah. Tar on him. He looks like a god. That's probably more realistic. And what about this? I don't know how my glasses Surrealism is really not a strong suit today. I want the cape. How realistic is the cape? Final Fantasy. It's not realistic at all. His. It's it's not even. His color. His color for the cape is higher. Is is bigger than his head. It goes like, like he has bat ears, but on the side. But but it's all the way around. I'm getting at. It looks trash. But it is fucking accurate. Yeah. And no one was really doing that shit. No, it's, it's yeah, which is cool. Day. Yeah, we, have we even seen a good 
like correct X-Men outfit. I haven't seen it maybe once. We saw Wolverine have one in a box. Yeah, and after the came we're like, who's going to wear the costume next movie? And I was like, six movies ago. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. I would definitely recommend the books over the movie, but right. if you kind of like crappy old action movies or crappy old superhero movies, I think this is definitely one that gets ignored too much and you should give it a go. Any key differences between this and the book, or is it just like a little bit of time? Or the book, a lot longer. Um, no, from memory, because I didn't want to watch it again. Okay. I just remembered it was not bad, but I didn't want to do it because it is also bad. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just like timeline, like some things get skipped that kind of. The things that happen in the movie are in the book, but oh, I think they kind of exaggerate some of it, like um, like specific characters play a bigger role in the movie than they did in the book, but they're still the same characters kind of thing. Yeah. So, so it's kind of accurate. That's what you want. But it's fairly trash, but in the great way. Yeah. Okay. Give it a go, but read the book instead. Alright, speaking of trash, we're in a good way, I don't know what Oof. So, monkey bone. Oh. That's trash. I see in this one. Monkey bone's great. And it is based, quote unquote, based on a comic book called Dark Town. Okay. One of my favourite comic book movies is a flick called Monkey Bone. If you've never heard of it, that's fine. It's not very popular, or well known, or good. Um. But you take the overarching plot of Freddy Got Fingered, put it into a cool world universe, you know, cool world, uh, and then have it made by the guy who made uh, James and the Giant Peach. Um, 
with this production team and all the star cast, they gave it a budget of seventy-five million. <laughs> Guess how much it made in the box office? One whole sold patch from Frankie. A little bit more than ten percent at seven point six. Oh, I, tell you what, I was going to say seven, but I was like, no, nah, I was like twelve. <laughs> um, in this movie, Stu is an animator. Alright, oh, Stu. Yeah, Stu. Stu. With a weird, creepy, traumatic history that they don't really touch on enough for it to be necessary. Um, yeah, he makes a shitty Nickelodeon looking cartoon called Monkey Bone about a boy, and every time he got horny, a monkey would jump out of his pants and be just a, around. Just around. Just around. It, it, was, it was like Drop Dead Fred. But a monkey. But, um, a monkey. but for those of you who don't know that, that's actually accurate. Like because drop dead Fred and bonus. No, um, but also monkey. Meg, you went to George. George. You went to no. high school with me, Meg. Did you ever see a monkey? No, because she's a girl. No, because I was at school to learn. There it is. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's made his car. Big mouth. And it's Sorry. Good. And he's at the premiere party, and he crashes his car and falls into a coma. Oh. He's sent to the purgatory. Where all people in a coma go, Dark Town. Um, while he is trapped there with dream creatures and coma patients, he finds out that his sister wants to use plug pools so she can get the royalties for the cartoon. So it's a race to escape this weird Tim Burton looking fucking place. He gets betrayed by a cartoon monkey he created, and this monkey takes over his body. The monkey's the one that wakes up in Stu's body. What a dick. Yeah, what a dick. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's very fucking weird, and what's even weirder is the comic it's based on. Alright. If this movie is obscure, the comic book is simply a myth. That's <laughs> how fucked up this is. Alright. This rare little book called Dark Town, written by a cartoonist named Kaja Blackley, um, with this really angular, very blocky Tim Burton looking art by Vanessa Chong. Henry Selleck might have liked it, but I don't see the appeal. And considering the miniseries was cancelled after its first issue, I don't think anyone has seen it. I think you're pushing the fucking barriers of this podcast topic. Why? Because I have one issue. Yeah, it was shit down to me. No, I gave a fucking shit. It's not really based on comics, that isn't. Based on failure. Based on failure. Yeah, but if you've seen most of the DCU, (laughs) it's a pretty accurate. Ugh. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> are we going to see a nice little reboot? I'd fucking no. wait. Yeah, no, no. No. But like the same people? Well, neither of them succeeded, so no. Oh, it would be pretty sick to see old BF back in the saddle. Yeah. Good old robot man from Doomshot. Dot, dot, dot. Um, yep. The, the story in the book is a guy named Jacques is put into a coma after a car accident. And he goes to Dark Town. Oh, Jacques. J-A-C-Q-U-E. Mid C-U-C-K, got him. Cuck, He's going to cuck me in the middle of my podcast like that. I feel like Trey would like my duck joke. How does a duck fart? With his ass quack. <laughs> That's somehow worse. <laughs> oh, look at the smiley happy duck. He says, I I quacked from the bit. Thank you. Uh, We're out. In the book, Darktown is a place like filled, with, uh, filled with marionette puppets with button eyes. With, um, and he becomes one as well, right? The lords of Darktown want to kill him so they can use his body on the surface, but he has a suitcase full of his imagination to help him survive. Lords of Darktown sounds like a really shit idea. It sounds like Lords of Darktown. It sounds like it was made by the people who also made that one that, like, that guy goes in to, like, the cartoon world and the lady wants, yeah... Uh, Did we do a podcast on that? Yeah, man. Oh, listen to that. Listen to it. <laughs> yeah. We just, just start plugging our old episodes. If you want, what's your favorite? Alright. <laughs> he has 12 hours to escape. Oh, get back to escape. That sounds a lot like our last podcast free period, I think it was. 
It's a Dark Horse comic and potatoes. And potatoes. And that's all that is. There's no potatoes in Sparta. Why not? Because they're not an island. Duh. Um, it's a, um, they made the movie in 2006. Like it came out. That's so much older than the movie. 2006. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But um, yeah, it only took like eight years to make a movie from the comic. So. <laughs> it only took like... Hundreds and hundreds of years. No! From the comic, I, I know, s- but Screw you. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> really? Okay. Work, okay. Um, it, the movie was directed by Zack Snyder. That's fucking... What did he do, Toby? Oh, uh, shut up, soul. Yeah, that made me Superman. Yes. No, the whole thing. He ruined Justice League. He a dick man. I like how he ruined Justice League and someone else took over and he's still the one who ruined it. Huh. Yeah, you can only do so many reshoots before you have to replace the film. Yeah. <laughs> the guy um, who was the writer of the book, so um, Frank Miller, was an executive producer. I think that's cool. I think that should be a rule. Like You should have somebody from the book if you're making it from the book. Well, yeah, even yeah. someone who's worked on it before, like, um, not that this is a good idea based on current events, but, like, this solo Batman movie that's never going to happen, like, they could even have just got, like, that Tom King guy or someone. Mm-hmm. Like, someone who's worked on it should always have to come in, I think. That would be a smart thing. Yeah. Uh, the cast of the movie... There is um, Gerald Butler. Gerard, sorry, I can't read. I was going to say, what's the name of that sick movie where he's a nice Yes, I love you. Nah, man, more of a citizen. I like the bit when the little girl watches them kill someone. He was King Leonidas. Leonidas. You can help. (laughs) David Weenham. Weenham? Sure. Um, he's from a few things. As I'm going to say this wrong. Okay. Dilios. I think that's right. Yes! That's probably pretty close. Dilios. And he's Wait, the narrator. I've got him already. Um, yeah, I, I did read this before. He's in Lord of the Rings. Um, Queen Cersei as Queen Gorgo. Yep. And so, Ben Helsing. Yeah. Lenac. Head, 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 Head,
Oh, he's Australian. David Winham. Cersei is also our friend Paige from the WWE's mum. Yes, she is. Film fighting with my family, and she has more of a major role in this movie than in the books. Yeah, I I think she in the book in. The book is a lot more about the actual fight, so kind of when all the boys go, like, leave Sparta, she's left behind. Like, so she's not in the book as soon as they leave. Mm. Rodrigo Santoro as King Xerxes. Xerxes, that's close to Cersei. Um, Oh. No, this guy was in something. Love actually. <laughs> wow. That's so hard to remember. Actually, that's pretty gay. Thanks, Also, Also, there are several characters who are important in the movie, but they're not in the books. Like, like in the book. Sorry. Like their son. Yeah. Yes. Also. Don't they um, throw him off a like cliff? They no, say bye. That was at the start. Okay. Because if you have yeah, Spartans are all soldiers, so they can't be more deformed kids. Having a fucking that surgeon where everyone's mad and sword and all the time. Um, because it was badass. Um, okay. No, like the only way I'm gonna explain this that Toby will remember is you know in Meet the Spartans how there was that weird guy who drank the pee, tasted like asparagus, and his name was just like. Mr. Trader or something. Yeah, Trader. He's fucking Graven the Bold Batman. Yeah, um, the whole guy that wow. he's based on, like, not even in it. Cool. The movie has a surprising amount of, like, famous people in it. Like, Michael Fassbender is just, like, mm. a soldier, but he was still famous by then, I assume. It, it like, was he's like, not a main guy. character. Yeah. He's cool. For the cinematography of the film, the movie was filmed in like it had like a superimposition chrome key. It's like so, really intense CGI. Yeah, that's why it looks not that great if you watch it now. I mean, it's yeah. stylized to look like, like the, the book. Exactly. Yeah. The trouble is a lot of it doesn't hold up. That I reckon if you've seen the book, even just seen a couple pages. Even though the movie's quality of CGI doesn't hold up, you can still see what they were doing. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. Um, and they tried to do it in 302 as well. 600. No. I like 302 is great because old man goes to the meeting with the bad chick. He just nails her right in the privates. And she's all like, ooh. And then she goes, oh, you're going to... Um, like surrender and join me and he just goes nah <laughs> and leaves and then they have a big fight <laughs> nah that's like that. like, like they he fuck said, and then he just goes I'm not going to surrender and he leaves he said, and then the big fight happens it's so good he said ain't nothing going to break my straft ain't nothing but a GP ain't nothing but a hoe ain't nothing but a gold digger he says I've got Three hundred problems, but a bitch ain't one of you. Look at the camera and wings. <laughs> Takes off his sunglasses and wings. We need to know. You're breaking the fourth wall. The the plots of the movie and the book are pretty much the same, except the movie has some more like Sparta stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds obviously a lot more extended. The pretty much the because it's something kind of historic. Like they've exaggerated it, like in the real life story it's not just 300 people there's 300 spiders but Greece sends yeah, like, like nine other two or three thousand people oh, yeah. but they all die too oh, um, but yeah the only difference between the book and the movie really is yeah the movie focuses on while they're out at war um, the queen of Sparta is like trying to rally like all the people in Sparta kind of thing to like ask Greece for help and shit. And that's where like there's that asshole guy and stuff. But the book is pretty much just with the army the whole time. So once they leave Sparta, 
That's it, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of the only main difference. Hmm. It's hard to fuck with something that was like really popular and historic, so. Yeah, so you, you can exaggerate it, but you can't really, really fuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, we've got time for another pick each. Oh, oh, that's convenient to see we all are living on seven notes. So, funnily enough, you mentioned my second pick in the intro. I sure did. Back to the future three. Yeah. No, we are looking at the Adams family. Da 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 da. <laughs> Do you know I surprisingly know that entire song? What? I surprisingly know that entire song. I know whenever I sing, whenever I sing that song, I used to go to like a um. My dad called it God Squad. <laughs> okay, it was just this thing at the, the local park, and they set up a huge stage. And it was all about like religious oh, things. And I went because you get to make like cookies and stuff, and my friends went, so I was like, yeah, cool. Just a Christian But um, they used to like put like things from the Bible into songs. So whenever I hear the Adams Family song, it's like. My God, will meet all your needs, and na na na, something, something, and something, something, 419. What makes Because every time I hear I got a feeling, my black eyed peas, like I remember in the middle of it, there's just like a fucking paragraph from the Bible. What? They just throw it in there, all sort of things you won't notice. So that is family, huh? Sorry. <laughs> Every time we go to a so <laughs> hotel is trying to Shut up, man. <laughs> <It's been gone. laughs> um, the Adams family started off as like a comic strip in the New Yorker. Yeah, like in 1938. It was when its first run was 150 single panel comics. Um and it was kind of like, it was part of the funnies, but it was just, like, a thing that was there. Like, it wasn't, it didn't have, like, a big... So it wasn't like up there, it was, like... N- no, it was just kind of there. It was more than three panels. Lasagna. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was kind of, like... It was looked at as being, because it was still part of the funnies, but it was like still really dark and. It was like a weird spin-off. Yeah, it it was kind of like the palate cleanser to the funnies, if that's a, you know, way to do it. Because it was still about like a really tight-knit family. It was still about their like aristocratic journey through Victorian era kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, technically the closest thing between the 150 comics and film slash TV is the Adams Family show from 1964 to 1966. Only because it keeps the correct family family relationship. Fester was never Gomez's brother. Yeah, that always weirded me out that it wasn't originally like that. Yeah. Um, 
And that was because when they were writing it, the widow still had a lot of the rights. And so she was like, no, you can't change. Like, you just have to do what it says. Mm -hmm. But in 1991, she sold them rights over, didn't she? Ah, foolish. And they were able to create the Adams family. Oh, we already did that bit. So the Adams family was, they tried to kind of keep it within the same region vein as the original comics. However, they had to make sure that they redid it closer to the comics because with the gift of hindsight, they realized that the TV version was very much in a similar vein to the monsters rather than the morbid yeah. like humor that it was supposed to be done in which means that haha in a different way it is more true to its comic adaptation mm-hmm. well we discussed it in our reboot episode we did how it's one of the best reboots because it keeps the essence of the original while still updating it enough yeah, and it that line really well. They were the ones that changed the relationship. It was like the relationship was changed over in something like the 1970s is when they changed him to become part of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, while Adam's family is pretty good, I personally prefer Adam's Family Values. Because that's when they get to go to camp. And I just, you know, it was the film that I had more watching of as a child. Um, And I never, like, when I was watching it, I didn't really notice, like, the differences in the cast or anything like that which I probably should have because I wasn't as young as I remember being. That's okay, though. Yeah. You were just enjoying the show. And the that's, movies. that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of one of those things that you have to pay equal credit to the films and the comics Mm. because like the comics even now are still pretty good like it's very unlikely that something that old is still like you can you can have a look at their comics today and be like yeah i get that and i think that's because all of the adaptations and like even the film being live action, it still really closely follows. It's still very, like, animated. Yeah, and, like, the characters still look the same and they still behave similarly, if that makes sense. And that's my pick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you prefer the movie or the books? I said I'm equal. It's, it's the one time I'm going to say I can't decide. All right. Meg, what, what did you get? I've uh, got a kick-ass. 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 I heard Nicholas Cage first in death. No, not the bees. Oh, um, <laughs> Only bees. Only the bees. Oh, bees are the future. <gasps> Fuck bees. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Bees are good. Don't do that to them. Also, so it might hurt. Huh? Bees. If you fuck the bees, it might hurt. Yeah. Don't do it. Okay, okay. moving on. We know. <laughs> <laughs> the comic was made um, between 2008 and 2010. It was made by Icon Comics, which is owned by Marvel, but like around now it's sort of belongs to um, Image Comics. Yeah. It's, it's floated around a little bit. Yeah. Um, it was written by Mark Miller, 
Don't know if that's a relation to Frank Miller, uh, which would be weird. No, but he is the dude who wrote The Kingsman. Oh, ew. And was illustrated by John Romita Jr. Toby, what has he done? He did, he's mostly famous for Spider-Man, but he's... Oh, no! He had a run on 52 Superman, he's done a lot of stuff. He's been, all, he's been around the block. And he's the man with the plan. Yeah. He made the Spider-Man. Um, yeah, these two created it as well. That created the... Yeah. Yeah. What's that idea? Yeah. Um, the movie came out in 2010, following the... Probably ending of the comics. Um, Featuring two clusters. Oof. Yeah. Cool times. Wow. Directed by Matthew Vaughn? Yeah. Vaughn? Yes. And I thought it was like Vince Vaughn, and I was like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Doug Vaughn. Oh, that's a segue into the next bit. Oof. Alright. For some reason, Brad Pitt was a producer. Yeah, mate. Dude, why? Ah, why? If I was rich, I'd just produce shit all the time. Yeah. <laughs> just be there and say, yeah, no, yeah. I'm involved. Chuck some money at it. Here I am. I'll give you 50 bucks if you put me there as a producer. <laughs> 50 bucks. We'll give you 20. Um, movie cast is Aaron Johnson as Kick-Ass. That's Marvel's Quicksilver. Oh, okay. Uh... Mark Strong as Frank. How do I say his last name? Um, I did remember this before. D- so um, Demico. Demar- I think it's Demico. Demico. Um, he's uh, he's in everything. He's in heaps of shit. He's great. Yeah. In Kingsman. And in what else you got? Maybe Christopher. Help me I with that. I don't know how to say his name, but he's McLaughlin. A bunch of people. Christopher. Yeah, McLaughlin. Mince. The least. Just give up. It's fine. As the Red Mist. As Red Mist and. And Chris. Domenico. Again. Chloe Grace. Mortis? I'm not good. As it girl. Just. Uh, Nicholas Cage as Big Daddy. That's there we the go. One. That's the important one. Daddy. That's all I needed Big to get right. Daddy. Oh no! Don't even say that ever again. Edit that out, suckers. No. Don't you even say nothing to me, boy. <laughs> no. The plot. <laughs> the plots are pretty much the same, like between the movie and the um, book. Um, to like a point, and then they become slightly different. The main differences are the mob boss villain is different. Yeah, it's still Red Mist's dad, but like his name is different. Yeah, than, yeah. yeah. And also, Big Daddy's origin story is different. Yeah, that's really different. That I think that alone is why the movie's better than the book. Because it's a shit show. You know how in the movie Big Daddy is like, kind of talks about how he was like a cop Mm. and like um, bad shit happened and the wife died. He uses that in the comic. But then you know the scene when all the mob people torture him? Yeah. And then they kill him. Um, in the book, he admits that it was all a lie. He's a fucking accountant. That's just his superhero origin. Yeah, he made all that up. Mm. Let, let him have it. But that, yeah, that takes away the fact that him and Hit Girl are actually bad off. Yeah, like, they're, meant to be, they're meant to be good and everyone else is meant to be like losers. Yeah. And that kind of just... I don't like that. I, I like the idea better of two of them actually being really professional. Yeah. Um... But yeah, pretty much, kind of from when Red Mist enters, it slowly gets slightly different, and then like I think the whole kind of endings, like from when Big Daddy dies onwards, there it's mm-hmm. fairly different. Yeah, but not enough that you really need to experience both. Kind of same outcome, I guess, but yeah. 
the Aerobrace fans will be different. Or which is the one other book or the movie? Movie is fucking awesome. The movie's good. It's you like the Oh, yeah. Um, I picked my second one. Right. I knew choosing men in black would be a bad idea because that just doesn't gel with our podcast. Oh, it does. It's just nobody knows about it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to pick the um the Guillermo del Toro Hellboy movies, but um you know I wanted to pick a million other things: Tommy Blonde, the leader, fucking barbed wire. Haha, <laughs> just kidding, shit. Oh. <laughs> but it's still what the fuck that is. It's so bad. See, I was talking about it the other day, and I still don't know what it is. I'll end it here. Kill yourself. Oh um, no! You you literally there was multiple times during that film that I was like, why? I just wait. spent like five minutes saying the Spawn movie was good. All right, I it? can watch this. All right. So I, I ended up going with 2005 Sin City. Yeah. Uh, um, my first pick was a light and fun movie. So let's go with the dark, gritty shit to balance my chest. Uh, directed by Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller. Which you've oh yeah. Along, along with did he do both? Uh, yeah, he did the original, and then they had him like do more than just consult. He was like running it. That's cool. Um, and he was helped by Robert Rodriguez, uh, the guy who made the Alita live action movie. Um, since he was a super super stylized flick with an all star cast featuring Bruce Willis, Jessica Alba, Mickey Rourke, Rosario Dawson, and a shitload of others. Um, it's about multiple stories taking place in this place called Basin City. Uh, why I like this movie is the style, though. Like, the stories are a standard green noir, like the stuff Frank Miller liked to write. But what makes it so special is how it looks. Uh, filmed almost entirely in black and white, but, like, CGI'd black and white. So it's a little more stylized than... It's not just greys. Like, a tile pretty much glow white against black and... Hmm. You know, stuff like that. It's almost done entirely using special effects for some reason. Hmm. Uh, with random colors sometimes breaching the darkness, like whether it be a police's siren or a blonde woman's hair, like it's a hard contrast. And it makes it very pretty to look at. Uh, what do you think of the hell it It's real weird, but there's no other movie like it, so you have to kind of give it that. Yeah, you can definitely recognize it immediately. The only other, like, film that I kind of like them is The Spirit. Mm. Because that uses the hard contrast, but it uses red as its off colour. Do you reckon this idea sort of thing is Frank's idea? Because like Meg said with 300, he helped out with that, and in that they used effects to make it look like the story. He might be strict about imagery, but I know Robert Rodriguez does like to do very experimental, weird-looking shit. It's just takes for example. These two times we know that he was there when they're making the movie, both of them have taken a weird way to make it look like the book. Yeah. Funnily enough, Frank Miller directed Spirit. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. So Spirit he's clearly definitely he's clearly got a style. I Wait, like the Spirit of Horse. I like that movie. No, the Spirit. Oh. It Spirit. was a two thousand and eight um film that basically no one knows about it's like a Dick Tracy based on a Will Eisner book. Yeah. It's probably because Spirit was such a good movie that nobody cares about the Spirit. Sorry. <laughs> I actually didn't mind it. It was pretty good. I like Spirit. <laughs> but I didn't read the comics, so we can't talk about it. Yeah. Um, the story follow the, the stories uh, follow a character named Marv, who's been framed for the murder of a woman he loves. That's uh, that's Sin City. That's the volume one book. Uh, Hardigan trying to stop a yellow pedophile. Yellow. Uh, yeah, which is Frank Miller's book, The Yellow Bastard. The <laughs> second Sin City book. Amazing. Um, I googled the spirit for Kyle, like so that I know what it is. It just looks like. A knockoff of Sin City. Like, even the post-stuff reminds me of Sin City. Yeah, it's very, very similar. Yeah. Um, the yellow bastard. Yep. He and probably got, has a banana. He's got no dick. He's great. Oh, he, he just has a banana. He he's also the John Connor from Terminator 3. Banana dick. Oh, the one who had, like, dog surgery. 
We have the best time Yeah, she got titties and they expanded. Um, there's also a guy named Dwight and a gang of prostitutes that are trying to dump a crooked cop's dead body. That's the Big Fat Kill. That's the book three of Sin City and also probably my favourite of the stories in the movie. I have not got that far in the books. Um, much like how I feel about Monkey Moon, the movie tops the books very easily for me. I find Frank Miller's art to be very grating and sometimes just ugly. Um... His story writing can fall short for me as well, like when he's not rebuilding a Batman or a Daredevil, when it's just him spinning wheels. It doesn't have the same effect. Um, but the movie does it better by switching it to live action, getting rid of some of that art, um, and weaving the three stories together so you get a break from everything while you're still going through it. Um, uh, yeah, aside from Marv, who looks extremely accurate with his forehead and nose being like one continuous long. Oh. Um, yeah, aside from him, pretty much everything's a live action just with that fascist style. Um, between that and how cool the movie looks, I think it's one of my favourite comic book movies. What do you think of it? Oh, I wasn't that keen on it, but it's hard. <laughs> so it's a little old timey detective for you, though. Yeah. What about you, Kai? You like him? That was that was our like first lot of dates. Yeah, we saw the sequel. No, well, you gave me the first one for my birthday, and then we saw the sequel as like our first or second date, and you met me with a jar of Nutella. Yeah, she's on Nutella. She does. <laughs> she does. Um, do you guys some movies? Um, no, I yeah. gotta be real quick because I know we talked about it a lot a few weeks ago. Um, the Dread movie. Mm-hmm. The Carl Urban? Yep. Um, Boys. So I didn't know this Dreads or Judge Dreads first appearance was actually the second issue in 2018. I feel like, yeah, I feel like he's been there so, the whole time. It's weird that it's not in the first one. Yeah, so, so that was 1977, and yeah, there was a bad movie that. Yeah, the 2012 one is really good. Uh, it was directed by Pete Travis. <coughs> um, he's done a few movies, but like one of the names that are familiar, but I've never seen. Yeah. Um, and written and produced by Alex Garland. And yeah, it's not really similar to the book, but I think the book's too big. Oh, oh 2018 has been running for 1977. Yeah, it's since the British Revolution of comics. Like, it's been going strong this whole time. Yeah. Um, so, if, like, I think this is a good one. This is why I'm only being quick because we've talked about it before. But, yeah, if you want a movie that's kind of not like these ones we've talked about, how we're all comparing them, this. You don't need to know a thing about. And you don't need the previous Dread movie, which I think this stuff is from. Yeah, a lot of people saw the first one gone, ugh, and then they saw a sequel and they're like, ugh. But no, this one's actually like, alright, they're all just a prank. I think out of all of them, this is probably the only one where you shouldn't take a look at the other, like, source. Because everything we've talked about is kind of good in the other aspect. But, yeah, this is, you don't even, I've still never read a 2018 book, but I love this movie. Yeah. It's very hallway. And Carl Urban, who are you doing it? Yeah. I'm more happy with the picks. Mm-hmm. Guess what? We're going to miss the alley. We're going to flip it and reverse it. And I'm going to say what I just said in reverse. The homework question, ladies and gentlemen, is what is a fucking movie that should be a comic? What needs to go the other way? Endgame. <laughs> Yeah, make a book about that because there isn't already a No Man's Land endgame, a fucking Marvel endgame, a fucking Batman endgame. Boom, DC did it twice. Anyone have some ideas? I wanted to say Frank and Hooker because of course I did. But it'll, it'll never be as perfect as I imagined it in my noodle. So I say Gremlins. Oh, that's the problem that hasn't. Yeah. I could watch, I could see some crossovers, some shaky little gremlins, called hijinks, literally in any comic book universe. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, not a movie, some but... Hulk stands on one and goes... I'm going to cheat. I think It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia should have comic. 
That'd be great. Somebody it would, it needs would be to foolish. do that. But I feel like you'd be like a drama awesome. comic. Just do the same doofusy stuff. Yeah. Honestly, plus it could have translated into episodes that just didn't feel good. Yeah. Mm. So that's what's wrong. I want to see a little drone of Frank Reynolds in his little egg body. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about what you just said now. I don't know. I think that's just wins. Somebody just needs to make that. <laughs> There ain't Disney movies that need an extended time in the universe. Halloween Town would be fun. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a movie I count. Halloween Town is just straight. Because we said Disney, I just immediately was like, I wonder what Milo is doing in Atlantis for 30 issues. Mm. That'd be cool. Yeah. Who framed like- Roger Rabbit? The only way you can keep all of them together. But even that won't work because the Cool World adaptation, when you see, look, I'm a cartoon and they're drawn the same way as the humans, I'm like, what the fuck? Treasure Planet? Mm. Treasure Planet's a good movie. Treasure Planet would make a really good, like, online open world game like the Old Republic and World of Warcraft and shit. It's set in, like, the universe of that. Yeah. Yeah, you call boat and it's a spaceship and... You can have a robot leg. Yeah, Disney can shamelessly rip off that idea for free. Mm. As long as you send it to us for free. Ah, as long as you oh. pay to win, baby. You, you can send it to me. Messenger. You can just make Toby pay for it. But I'll, I'll have it for free. There he is. Nothing to answers. Okay, yeah. bye. Oh. There it is, everybody. Um... Comic book movies are good, and I hope they don't just follow the same Marvel formula or the DC desperately try to be Marvel formula. Mm. Like the Hanna Barbera extended universe they're developing, or the Dark Universe that they're probably giving up on. I think this Hanna Barbera universe should include um, Rock Davis. Yeah, keep that in constant. Yeah, that's still part of it. I tried to rewatch that. Mm. No. No. We watched Look Who's Talking though. Oh. Baby is Bruce Willis again. Yeah. It's been a very Bruce Willis heavy episode and I've been over to Cole. I've been joined by White Cole. Meg has been here in spirit. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't think I've been here at all. The Kai's been there. Kai's a ghost. Yeah. The last turn in the yeah. This is the world knows. Remember to right, subscribe, do all the things, and I'll kiss you right between your toes. Would he be like spinning around, or would he just go soup, soup, soup? Talk shit, smoke beer, post it. Wow. No. I would like to quickly apologize to absolutely no one. Oh, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> the rebellion continues, everybody. Do you yeah. remember the Hongus? On the dogfish is attached by a scungle to a kind of dill sack, yeah. the nutty sack. Someone had that fish. So, um, I have another one for you. Don't Ziggy is a lobster. A hangover lasts a day, but stories from the sesh will last a lifetime. Oh, that's nice. Also, do you want to buy a um, spear gun? <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs>